With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pour one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Pick up a 12-pack today. Enjoy your HN Instant Reaction Podcast following Iowa's 31-14 win against North Texas. And the first half of that game was just incredibly ugly. It was not an easy game to watch. It was really the refs stepped in and did a disservice to both teams, to the fans. It was just pretty brutal. And... I know that many of you felt the same way because, you know, you were tweeting that stuff at me and it, it didn't feel like a football Saturday. I was thinking back to the Iowa-Tennessee Tech game from many years ago when um, there was a stoppage of play for that game due to lightning. It just, I think it was a season opener even, and it felt like we got robbed, you know, one of our 12 football Saturdays just because of a funky feel for that game. And this game just had a funky feel to it as well. Um, but in the end, uh, the second half much better than the first half. Iowa's execution maybe a little more crisp in the second half, certainly so defensively. North Texas led Iowa 14-10 at the half, and Iowa won 31-14. Really, let's look at it like this. Iowa's first drive of the game, they marched right down the field, a pretty drive. Nick easily fumbled out of the back of the end zone. So there's seven points that come off the board right there. And Iowa also could have scored uh, at the end of the game, but Kirk chose to take a knee with over with about 45 seconds left. So Iowa could have had another 14 points. So we're talking about uh, 45 to 14, which, you know, everybody might have felt happy at that. I- I'm not displeased at this. Obviously, the defense in the first half playing against an air raid passing offense. You know, another week against a pass happy offense, and the defense struggled a little bit. Struggled to get, struggled to get a pass rush. Looks like Amani Hooker. You know, at least for this game, he replaced Jake Gervas uh, in the lineup very early in this game. Don't think Gervas was injured. I think it was just a coaching decision, much like last week when it was a coaching decision to replace Manny Ragumba with uh, Miguel Ojemudia, and. Who knows if that'll stick for next week when Penn State comes to town, but at least it did for for this game. I thought Parker Hesse played a really good game, stepped up big at times, had a big sack, uh, a great read on a screen pass on a key down, just a, a great game from him. You know, Jackson once again had a fantastic game for Iowa. Some, you know, two key pass breakups deep over the middle of the field. He's done that multiple times this year already. Had a pick there at the end when North Texas was up to their last gasp and Iowa had three down linemen in and their, 
you know, a bunch of defensive backs and he jumped the route. And some folks were joking that that was going to be a, a backdoor cover coming up. And it was almost a backdoor cover when Torn Young ran the ball down and, and Ivory Kelly Martin. You know, that's really the, the to me right now, some of the, you know, one of the few, one of the big storylines of this game is injuries. Akram Wadley with an ankle injury. He left late in the second half and did not play again. And James Butler was there in there in his stead. And he injured his right arm. His elbow bent a direction that it shouldn't bend. It looked really nasty. He did not come back in the rest of the day either. He had ice on his elbow. Maybe dodged a bullet with Noah Fant. It looked like he might have had a, a stinger, but he came back in. So it wasn't a good day on the injury front. Let's hope Akron Wadley can go near, <clears throat> excuse me, near 100% next week against Penn State because Iowa is going to need all hands on deck. But if there was a silver lining from those injuries, it meant that um, Torn Young and Ivory Kelly Martin, a pair of freshmen, Torn Young, a redshirt freshman, Ivory Kelly Martin, a true freshman, they got to come in and play. And... Butler had 16 carries for 74 yards, a 4.6 average. Ivory Kelly Martin had 11 carries for 74 yards and two touchdowns, a 6.7 average. And Torn Young had 19 attempts for 78 yards, a 4.1 average. And I think with Young and Martin, you're getting a glimpse of what life's going to be like next year and what I think is a, more akin to Wadley and LaShun Daniels, a combination like that, than what we're seeing this year with Wadley and Butler. Wadley is a home run hitter. Butler is not a bruising back. He still looks a little bit uncomfortable, in my opinion, in Iowa's scheme as far as finding holes to hit, hitting them at full go. He's kind of feeling his way around in Iowa's zone blocking scheme. Ivory Kelly Martin was hitting holes hard and fast, as was Torin Young. Now, young players, they they will tend to you saw you saw Torin Young run up the backside of a couple of offensive linemen on a couple of plays in this game, and that's gonna happen with young players. Patience is typically not a strength. You have to have that right patience, uh, that right balance of patience and hitting the Jets. And neither of these players, neither Young or Ivory Kelly Martin, likely has that yet. They don't because they haven't had enough reps. But boy, do I love seeing running backs hit the hole at full acceleration, especially when they have some speed. And Ivory Kelly Martin has home run speed. It's clear to see. It's like when we saw Akram Wadley when he was a sophomore. You knew that that guy had speed. He was running through holes, hitting them faster than what we'd seen from an Iowa running back in a long time. Because remember, that was 2013. Um, you had Jordan Kanzeri, and you had LaShun Daniels, and I think it was LaShun Daniels and Kanzeri in 2013. Maybe, maybe it was um, gosh, Mark Wiseman. I, I probably was Mark Wiseman now that I mention it. But I'm, I'm getting a little bit lost in my season, so my apologies on that. But you saw the difference when Wadley came in. He just hit the holes hard with speed. That's what we saw from Ivory Kelly Martin. So a great opportunity for both of those players to get some really crucial time. When the game was still on the line, the game was in doubt. Neither of them fumbled. 
Ivory Kelly Martin on his second touchdown had both hands on the ball, covering it up as he went across the goal line. It's a good thing because the ball looked like it kind of got bobbled loose. But since he had both hands on it, he was able to corral the ball and score. So that's a really good thing. Saw Tristan Wirfs late in that game, and my gosh, that guy looks like a mountain. So Torn Young, 78 yards. Kelly Martin, 74 yards. James Butler, 74 yards. Don't know about Butler or Wadley's availability for next week. I think it's more likely you'd see Wadley than you'd see Butler. I, I can't imagine that Butler's injury is going to be – he'll be back next week. Maybe he will, but I don't know. He, he certainly – that was nasty. Nate Stanley on this day, 16 of 27. I think he started out 8 of 9, so that means he ended 8 of 18, I think, if my math is right. Something like that. Two touchdowns. He's up to 10 touchdown passes on the season to just one interception. He had, you know, some will say that he had a couple of overthrows in this game. The the ball that it was just outside of Matt Vandenberg's hands down the middle. We're talking maybe the maybe the length of a football. Deep passes are lower percentage plays anyway. I'm not going to throw that into the camp of oh man, Stanley's got overthrow problems because that was the length of a football right there. That's an on the money throw or as close to on the money as you can get without getting the reception. I don't consider that an overthrow. Well, some think that then the pass over to the left corner to Noah Fant was an overthrow. If Fant would have laid out, I think he would. If Fant would have laid out, he would have gotten his hands on the ball. And I also think that he slowed down a little bit coming out of his break. I'm sorry, I'm not going to put that on Stanley. So yeah, Stanley's going to have to connect on some of those, but they weren't as blatant overthrows as we saw against Iowa State. And then he had a deep ball to um, Amir Smith Marset late in the game. And Amir Smith-Marset probably should have hauled that in. It was a contested play. It was a good play by the defensive back. And But I, there, was, there was more touch on the deep ball in this game than there was last week. So that's progress. So it's great to see Iowa keep doing them. Another thing, takeaway from this game, Brian Ferentz continues to be so enjoyable to watch his offense, to watch his play calling. So enjoyable. That drive that Iowa had... Um, to make it 24 to 14, they went, I think, over 80 yards. Let me pull up my stats here. It was 16 plays. Go to drives. So Iowa, 16 plays, 87 yard drive, an 87 yard drive that took up 8:50 of the clock. 15 runs and one pass. 15 runs, one pass, 87 yards, 850 off the clock. And I loved it for the reason that Brian didn't get cute. He didn't get too cute. He didn't, let's just mix in a pass here for the sake of mixing in a pass. The running game was working. Iowa was doing work on the ground. And he stayed with it. I love that attitude. Yeah, what was North Texas set up for play action? Sure they were. But Brian Ferentz didn't get cute, didn't try for that. He kept his foot on the gas and went with what continued to work. Iowa's offensive line was wearing them down by that time because after all this game, Iowa had a 40-minute and 45-second time of possession for the game. North Texas, if I said Arkansas State earlier, I apologize. North Texas with 19-15. That's flat domination. Iowa ran 86 flipping plays in this game to 46 for North Texas. Who in the hell are these guys? 
86 plays. Should have had 45 points on the board. 435 yards of offense. When Iowa scored the touchdown, I think, to go up 17-14, to 14, I think at that time they had 185 rushing and 185. No, it, whenever they went up 24-14, 185 rushing, 185 passing. Brian Ferentz is kicking butt. It's so much fun to watch. It is just fun to watch how unpredictable they were. Somebody tweeted at me right before the play-action pass, Tamir Smith-Marset, on Iowa's second-to-last possession. They think, hey, you think they're going to go up top now? Because I'd been calling for the play-action, saying it was going to come, going to come. And I said, no, Brian's probably just going to come back, you know, like Lou Brown from Major League, you know, give him the heater, Ricky. You know, just keep the foot on the accelerator. And then what's he do? First down, goes up top. Unpredictable. It's so refreshing to have an offense that's unpredictable. Sure, Iowa's going to do Iowa things, by and large, the majority of snaps in the game. But it's not as easy to predict what's going to happen, where it's going to be, or when it's going to be. And it's been a long time since I felt that way about an Iowa offense. Now it's just three games. The sledding is going to get a lot more difficult here over the last nine games as Big Ten play starts, including next week at home in a game that's going to be under the lights and on national television. ABC picked it up. Kirk Herbstreet et al. will be there. Won't be ESPN game day, but after you know, those injuries pile up, maybe that's not a bad thing. So yeah, it's going to get a lot tougher, but... So far through three games, I give Brian Ferentz an A. And I don't mind, I'm not against criticizing anybody when I think it's due. But the praise is due for Brian Ferentz from what I've seen thus far. Just a fantastic job. Heartland Flagpoles and Flags has flags of various shapes and sizes, banners, windsocks, and more of nearly every team and every sport. That's college, NFL, MLB, NBA, and hockey. If you feel like maybe you're the only Seattle Seahawks fan in your neighborhood, don't worry. They have flags for you as well. Heartland Flags has more than 100 Iowa Hawkeye items from flags to tiki totems, metal signs, luggage tags, and so much more. Let your fandom fly when you shop at Heartland Flags. Free shipping. Seriously, when you shop online, we're talking about free shipping. Your orders will ship for free from Heartland Flags. Heartlandflags.com is the website. Go check it out. Dace, he's a huge Michigan fan. He's a Detroit Lions fan. Rob Howe is a New York Mets fan. I went to their website. Heartlandflags.com has it for you. Again, free shipping on all orders online. Follow them on Twitter at Heartland Flags. And once again, visit them online at heartlandflags.com. Nick Easley in this game, nine targets for five catches back-to-back weeks with for five targets for him. And isn't he fun to watch? I mean, he looks like he's been out there forever. He has that little moxie to him. Glad he's going to be around for another season after this one. TJ Hawkinson, three catches, four targets, 29 yards. And TJ had a touchdown in this game, a pass that wasn't intended for him that was deflected and wound up in his lap. It's interesting, whenever Iowa's in a tough situation on third down, how often this year they've gone to a tight end over the middle. And late in this game, I think it was third and eight, Iowa lines up at the line of scrimmage. Kirk Ferentz calls a timeout, didn't like the play that was called. That's just what Kirk does. That's how I'm pretty confident to say that. 
Iowa comes out of the, the timeout. Stanley takes the snap. He looks off to his right. Hawkinson's lined up left. He first looks left, but then he looks back to his right, knowing that Hawkinson is, pri- is his primary read and route on this play. And then he look, comes back to Hawkinson, who had made his break, and he delivered a strike. I don't want to get too high on Nathan Stanley, but I also I'm not going to sit here and you know live life in a muted fashion. I can't stand it when people say, "Oh, you know, you're getting too excited," or everybody wants to make the best of this, that, or the other. Enjoy the freaking moment. Nate Stanley is a stud. He's a very good quarterback. Dude's a giant. He's a good quarterback. Can't wait to see what his career trajectory is. And by the way, I know some of you out there will sit and say, well, you know, first-year quarterbacks for Iowa, they sure do play good, but then they go downhill after that. I've already recorded a 25-minute podcast that I've got filed away for Iowa's bye week to share with you on that because I'm sorry, but the numbers don't support it. We'll get to that point here in a month or so. But back to Stanley. I just love his – I love his stature – in the pocket. I just love those those type of attributes that he has that, you know, Iowa has doesn't have a lot of those statuesque NFL style six foot four, two hundred and thirty-five pound quarterbacks. Little Matthew Stafford starter set there. Um, he's got ten touchdown passes to one interception. He should have eleven touchdown passes. The first one, you know, easily fumbled it and went out of the back of the end zone. So he should have eleven. But he's got 10 to one interception. That is one heck of a start. One of the best touchdown to interception ratios in college football. Certainly the best in the Big Ten from what I've seen thus far. Akron Wadley had two grabs for 80 yards. Of course, he had the you know, unsportsmanlike penalty that cost him a touchdown. Iowa did score a touchdown on that play. Noah Fant, four targets, two balls, one drop. And Brandon Smith, true freshman, had his first reception as a Hawkeye. One of one, one target, one reception, two yards on this day. But to me, it was a day that was dominated by injury concerns, a funky first half, 13 penalties for North Texas, six for Iowa. A game that lasted three and a half hours, too damn long. Iowa on third downs, nails 11 of 18. 11 of 18 on third downs. Remember last week we talked about how how Iowa's average third down distance was somewhere around 8 or 9 yards. This game, a much more manageable 4.6. And they converted on 61% of them. Iowa's fourth down conversions, got to find that real quick. They've been pretty good on that this year. 4 of 5 in the game. 4 of 5 on fourth downs. Pedal to the metal. Three of five red zones should have been four or five, but Iowa took a knee there at the end. Both teams today with two turnovers. Of course, the easily you know fumble out of the back of the end zone. Uh, that was a turnover. Just one sack for Iowa on this day. You got to give your tip your cap to, to Mason Fine, their quarterback. Man, he look at the stats. He's only sixteen to twenty six for one hundred sixty seven yards. I thought he was a lot better than that. Thought he was a lot better than that. Really surprised by that number. Good-looking kid, hurt near the end of the half. And the second half, Iowa made some great defensive adjustments, or the defense played better, whichever whichever you want. Iowa not great on first downs today. 36 first down plays, 3.8 yards per play on first down. 28 of those were rushing attempts. 
Iowa was just three of eight passing on first down, so that certainly hurt their average. 28 first downs in this game for Iowa, which is a very high number for an Iowa football team. And I think last week they were around the same. It's back-to-back week with over 80 plays called. I mean, who the heck are these guys? 12.3 yards per completion for Stanley today. 15 rushing first downs, 10 came through the air. 86 plays, 5.1 yards per play. Not a bad day, not a pretty game. I get some of you are going to, you know, beat down a little bit on Iowa, and there are certainly concerns in the defense. The secondary may be, you know, in the middle, maybe what we thought they were when the season started. Certainly concerns at safety. I'm not really concerned at cornerback. Concerned when Iowa has to play spread teams and linebackers once again covering receivers, but that's nothing new. And that will continue to be the case as long as Iowa covers receivers with linebackers. But they went a lot of nickel and dime today. Of course, they had to. Defensive line not getting a pass rush, that's a concern. And next week, it's going to be a slobber knocker. So hopefully everybody gets healthy this week. Hopefully you get rested up. I was going to need all of your uh, vocal cords next week. That'll do it for this installment of the HN Podcast. Thank you to Exile Brewing Company. For the studio, thank you to Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. That's heartlandflags.com. Get your gear for your favorite teams. You're, of course, listening to this, probably the Hawkeyes. And then your favorite Major League Baseball, NFL, MLS, you name it, they got it. That's heartlandflags.com. And as always, thanks for listening.